Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is June the 13th of 2023. I can't believe we're halfway through the year. This is my Q&A uh, podcast made for my virtual coaching group and this is 148 weeks. So almost three years I've been doing the uh, coaching group, which is awesome, which is, uh, let's see, we have 26 states, one international, and 280 people have signed up in the last three years. It's been a great group. I love it. Um, I love doing the video reviews. There's a lot of virtual coaching out there these days, but uh, most of them just have video uh, that you watch or you can possibly send in a video and they might give you a couple of tips verbally but with my group you get a slow motion video review and I think the members love that a lot because even if I, I put in uh, training videos and then ask you to send me a video of you doing that drill sometimes you're not doing it exactly like I'd want you to so it's really important that I can see how you train and how you compete and the details matter so today's topic is you're never too lo too old to learn or keep improving so that's the topic for today um I'm going to do a little story real quick and a little bit of housekeeping real quick, discuss a few things, and then I'm going to get right into Q&A and then the topic. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Florida State Finals. We've got that coming up this week. So uh, that's important as well. But, um, you know, uh, mo all of you in the group know that I bought uh, a new puppy. I haven't had a dog in the house in six months. Uh, all my Jack Russells passed away at old age uh, in the last couple of years. And um, I had four dogs, three little and then a big uh, American Bulldog. And they all passed of old age in the last few years. And it's just really was a heartbreak. And I didn't know if I wanted to get another dog. But after six months of the house being empty, I decided it was time. But I forgot how much work puppies are. Whew. It's like... Um, you spend, they're not awake that much, right? Because, you know, baby's nine weeks old. So they sleep probably 18 hours, but those six hours they're awake. Oh my goodness. You know, they're putting things in their mouth and they shouldn't. And you have to make a safe place for them. And they just start a puppy shot. So you don't want them to get sick. And so you have to kind of keep them in safe areas in the house. And I take them in the barn. I have a playpen for them in the barn as well. Um, and then also when I do lessons in the arena, I have a little play area for them as well. But it's just something crazy. I was riding Rocky Sunday morning and he cried for a few minutes in the kennel. And all of a sudden a coyote come right down the road. Rocky saw it before me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if the puppy attracted the coyote. Because I have been here three years and that's only the second coyote I've ever seen out on the road. I'm sure they're all out in the woods, but that's the first one out in the open in the broad daylight. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on my baby, that's for sure. So, but, but it made me think of young horses and old horses versus old dogs and puppies. Old dogs are so easy. They have a routine. They know what's what. Puppies, you've got to really be watching over them, taking care of them, teaching them, giving them confidence. My goal right now is to give him a routine and give him confidence and keep him healthy. So it makes me think about a lot of these young horses we're bringing along. Those are our same goals, too. So, um, so that's the goal right now, um, with your horse. I'm sure you're trying to build your horse's confidence, gain consistency and all of that. And it all takes time and consistency is really important. Repetition is important. And once you guys get in a program, those, 
young horses become like horses in their double digits and just become more consistent and, you know, you guys are a better team and all of that. So just keep that in mind when you're working with young horses versus older horses, puppies versus old dogs. It just takes time to educate and build that routine and that confidence. So, and with speaking of confidence, going into state finals this week, a lot of you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Um, I did have a couple things in the group talking about preparing for a big show, um, you know, like the, the week before, the months before, like having your horse feel good, getting a couple barrel races in for timing beforehand, maybe in arenas that are realistic to what you're going to be competing in. So if you're going to be running a 14-second pattern, it really doesn't do you any good to go run an 18-second pattern outdoors if you're running 14-second indoors. So if you can get yourself in that situation for timing beforehand, great. If you make sure you had your vet check, your chiropractic, all that stuff's done well in advance. Time your farrier. You don't want to necessarily get your horse done a couple days before the event in case they're sore afterwards. Um, those are all important things to consider. Uh, you know, so if you're going to do farrier, it should be at least a week before state. Um, so that way they're not sore. Or, or just wait and do them after state. Um, you know, I'd rather horse be an eighth too long than an eighth too short. So um, those are all things that you want to make sure you have in line. If you've been there before, go back and watch your old videos. Look at your performance tracker. Uh, make a plan. If you haven't been there before, you know, uh, you know, to go there maybe exhibition or just you know, be prepared to help your horse if they need it and kind of know how they might react in that situation. You know, being prepared as far as having what you need for them, um, you know, extra things that you want to pack with you. Um, there's a lot that goes into hauling to these big super shows. So I've got podcasts on that. I've got posts in the group on that. You can definitely go into that um, and watch. I do want to tell you guys, I'm working on videos, of course, as soon as I finish this um podcast and obviously I had a lesson this morning too but um, obviously I, I work on videos every day about a half a day four days a week is what it takes to do the group's videos um, so I usually do them around my lessons and things like that um, so now with the summer schedule I'll be doing lessons first thing in the morning and video reviews in the heat of the day obviously the most of them come in on the weekend because that's when people are competing so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are probably my busiest days for doing video reviews. Um, and uh, I take Saturday off, you know, to do something for me myself uh, now. And uh, But if there's a big weekend coming up or if you're at a big event and you do need my help, you're welcome to send the video and say, hey, I do need some help. But ultimately, if we've been working together for a while, you know what I want you to work on, you know what I want you to focus on, and you should be able to hold off until having me review your video a day or two and know what you need uh, to work on for the following week. But in the case of super shows or something, if you need help from run to run, I will try to be accessible to help you from one run to the next if it's needed. Some of you just want to have your own game plan and kind of know what you needed to change and, um, and you're good with that too. So whatever works best. I do like to be a coach in the pocket for you. If I can help, I will. Um, and balance is everything. So, you know, if you're patient and can wait till middle of the week, or if you're a patient and can give me a day or two, great. Um, if it's an emergency situation, you need it right away. You can always let me know that as well. But, um, 
But yeah, I just remember that, you know, I do have a list going. I try to go in the order of the list. So like just right now for this week, I've already got 30 videos to do and I've got maybe only 10 left to do. So I try to stay on top of it Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. And then, of course, they flow in a little bit slower, you know, the middle of the week. So um, I love doing them. And every once in a while, I'll have a tech issue that messes me up. Like yesterday, for some reason, the uh, Internet service was slow or maybe the the app was slow, but I had a couple of videos take forever to download. And um, and when they sent to the client, they were only two minutes long or 20 seconds long. So if that ever happens, there's a download issue. Let me know and I'll have to redo the video because um, your videos will always be between four to six minutes long from me. Um, so if you ever get one that, you know, cuts off mid sentence or doesn't download right, please let me know. Um, there's obviously been a technology glitch. Technology is awesome until it goes sideways, right? So anyways, let's go ahead and get right into the Q&A. Um, oh, and don't forget, um, personal best list is going for June. We have nine riders on the list already. So congratulations to you. Nine riders, and it's only the 13th of the month. That's awesome. Um, don't forget the challenges this month is write down what you've learned already for this year that you've improved on since being in the group and also what your next six months goals are. So for some of you, it might be consistency. Some of you, it might be improve your hands or riding with your body and legs more, um, you know, things like that, maybe a better foundation on your horse. So whatever it is, write it down and that will be for your mental game. And then for your skill, remember we're working on core strength. So you could be doing Pilates three days a week. You could be trying to ride without stirrups to work on your balance. Any of those things are all great. So keep those things in mind for June. And um, now that it's hot, it's kind of nice to wear uh, com more comfortable clothes when it's hot and sweaty outside. So uh, not it's just not fun to get saddle, breast collar, all that on. So maybe a barrack pad sometimes is a good idea. So uh, let's see here. Q&A. Um, let's see. My horse will not rate or finish first and third outdoors. Much better indoors. How do I fix it? Okay, so with that, you really have to learn to read arenas and know your horse. You got to know if it's a long score, short score. Um, you got to know how your horse acts when there's walls versus a barrel out in the open. Um, so if you have a horse that's very free running, you may want to circle if it's a long score or hold them up until closer to the timer and not let them go from the back of the alleyway. Keep control, keep their mind. Those things might help you have a better first barrel money barrel by either doing a circle or taking them in slow and, and just walk trot lope later closer to the timer. Um, those are all things to consider for that first barrel. But as far as uh, rate or finish first and third, Second barrel horses tend to rate that one on their own more because it's usually closer to a fence. You also have to switch leads and it's a full turn where third, they treat a little bit more like a first barrel. They get their adrenaline going. They really get rolling to it and you've got to sometimes sit sooner and bump and the two hand bump usually works better than a one hand bump for a free running horse because it sets them on their butt. So you want to sit and set, set. And you may have to do it with a two-hand bump twice and say, whoa, whoa, or easy, here, whatever works for your horse. Um, and that's something to consider as well. Um, you could also do exhibitions at home um, and at, at the barrel race and work on rate. 
Um, and as far as finishing the barrels, they're not going to finish the barrels if they don't rate the barrels. If you get your rate, you're going to have a nice turn. So that's always something to consider as well. Um, so if I have a horse that's running off with me, I'm going to not necessarily put a bigger bit on, but I'm going to go back to basics. I'm going to slow things down, get that horse really listening to me, um, making sure they're rating off my body, uh, that they're, you know, loose rein, whoa, they're backing, their transitions, all of that's really working too. So keep those things in mind. The next question was about, um, can pulling on my horse cause them to trip and get front endy? Um, absolutely. So if you're tripping in a turn and your hands are pulling, that's the worst thing you can do. I hate to hear people yell, pull in a barrel race. If you want to help your horse, you need to learn to bump and release. So, um, Pulling hands will cause a lot of problems. Horses to be on their front end, which puts their balance off, definitely can cause a trip. It can also cause a wide turn <coughs> because a horse is going to pull away from you. It can cause them to not finish a turn because they're going to turn their head and neck, but their back feet or their shoulder are going to float away from you. Um, it can also cause you to hit barrels by pulling your horse into the barrel. Um, let's see what else. I'd rather see you bump and release a horse. <coughs> Excuse me, I need to get a drink of water. I just finished a lesson outside, and my horses just got their feet trimmed yesterday, and poor little Rocky's feet were trimmed a little short, so I couldn't even ride him through the whole lesson because he was short. I hate when that happens, so I have to let my farrier know. Dang it. So let's see, where was I? Um, <clears throat> two, let's see here. So yeah, I don't like, I, I'd rather hear you, you know, if someone yell for you, bump, bump your horse. Bump means to, you know, like check them to start the turn or check them to finish. You can bump with your hands for rate, two hand rate or one hand rate, whatever works. But a bump reminds you to give and take, give and take. A pull is never going to go well for you. Like I said, it can cause all kinds of problems, over flexing of the face, uh, tripping, all kinds of issues. Um, the next question was, how um, how do you know if you have too much nose in a turn? So if you're getting too much face in your turns, you're probably pulling on your inside rein and not releasing. Um, there's a couple things you can do, do. Watch your hand placement on your reins. Make sure they're not too far down your reins. Maybe only one hand off center. <coughs> you shouldn't be choked several inches down your rein. Um, the other thing is you can try to ride two hands straighter longer. And when you do go to the horn, keep your hand low and forward or just soften your elbow and bump maybe a pinky twist under or bring your hand up or back an inch um, for one second and give it right back. Um, and you won't get too much face. Some horses will overbend. If they are a horse that overbends their head and neck, they're going to swing their butt. So I would stay two hands on that horse longer. And I would keep my hand more on the center of the rein. And I would use more outside leg and no inside rein pressure. Because inside rein pressure will cause them to rubber neck and swing their butt. So you can always send me a video so I can see exactly what you're talking about. To tell you if it is um, your rein cue causing the issue. But if you have horses that are just over bendy. Like if you remember... At the NFR, Lindsay, um, I think it was Lindsay Sears on Martha. Martha turned like that, but she would keep her body collected. 
front and back feet on the same track, she just bent her nose around the barrels and she would really wrap a barrel and really bend it, uh, bend around a barrel. So um, there are some horses that are efficient that way, but most horses, if they overbend in the head and the neck, they're going to float a shoulder or swing their butt. So you want to pay attention to that. So this time of year, I would highly recommend uh, free choice salts and minerals. I use dynamite. I would also recommend electrolytes. I use DynaSpark. So make sure horses are just standing around sweating right now. And I just finished a lesson. The horse was fully sweaty in an hour lesson. And we did a ton of slow work. Very little trotting and loping. And the horse was still super sweaty. So make sure you're replenishing these horses with an electrolyte that you can put on. You know, my horses just get hay. But when summer comes and I want to do electrolytes, I'll give them one cup of hay pellets and put a little bit of DynaSpark on it, and they just gobble it right up. And um, and uh, you don't have to necessarily wet the pellets for one little cup because it's, you know, like a treat for them. They're not going to gobble it down hard, they, but they will finish it because they like that organic blackstrap molasses on there along with the other electrolytes that get lost through sweat loss, and it replenishes your horse. It also encourages them to drink. You want to make sure they're drinking this time of year. Um the dynamite free choice minerals I like because they separate the salt from the minerals and they're loose. They're not a block and the horse can eat um, them easy and get their feel as they need them. And the horse picks and chooses what they need when they need it. So I like that as well. There's something else you need to have on hand this time of year and it's um, lavender essential oil for me. doTERRA um, is what I use and I tell you what. I came out, Rocky had a bug bite right by his front cinch, uh, front leg that was really painful. I gave him some apis orally. That's a homeopathic treatment for bug bites. And I put some lavender on it and it was gone by like a couple hours later. Poor Briscoe was covered in ant bites all over her back. She must have rolled in an ant pile. So I brought her up, hosed her down and did the same thing, apis and lavender. And she was better as well. So always have something on hand for bug bites this time of year because the bugs get bad. And I'm, I'm doing fly spray morning and night right now to keep flies and gnats and mosquitoes off my horses. But um, it's definitely in the humid southern states. This is our busy time for maintenance. So take good care of those horses um, right now. Another uh, essential oil that you might want to consider is cypress. Um, if you get any kind of cut on a horse's leg um, and you don't clean it and put something on it, Neosporin, I use uh, dynamite wound salve, uh, put something on it. You can get bacteria or fungus in there and you can get a cellulitis infection, like a, a bacterial staph infection in your horse's legs. And cellulitis is really painful. Usually you cold hose them and butte. You can also do poultice, but I have found... Um, <coughs> if you mix coconut oil, fractionated coconut oil and cypress essential oil, and you mix it on a horse's legs with cellulitis, it gets the circulation and helps break it down. So that's a really nice essential oil for cellulitis. Um, okay, so the topic is you're never too old to learn or improve. Um, I have about 10 things I'm going to mention quickly here today. Number one is I am a teacher, but I'm also a student. Um, there are times when I need inspiration. You know, I just need something that kind of fires me up. So I love to audit clinics um, and it doesn't have to be barrel clinic. It can be reining, uh, horsemanship, 
anything, cow clinics, English, I just, a veterinarian clinic, I'll, I just, I like to learn, it just kind of fires me up, and I like um, other industries, I like to watch videos, I like to listen to podcasts, sometimes when I go to sleep at night, I'll watch a YouTube video about something interesting with horses um, that I, I find that, or listen to a podcast if I fall asleep, I like to learn, and you know, I think it just keeps me inspired, and and wanting to be a better teacher for everybody else. So um, I know people get so busy, and I know, and I get that now. Again, my life's been pretty easy. I, I mean, I had my hip surgery and all, but I had a pretty good routine with my business and my horses. And um, and so, but now you know, having a puppy, I I can see how people that have you know their jobs, their families, their kids, their horses. Sometimes you're so busy, you're pulling your hair out, you just can't even. What are you talking about? Listen to a one hour podcast. So that's why I try to keep my podcast at 30 or 40 minutes because you can listen to them while you're driving or doing your barn chores. And I know how busy everybody is. But that's something I think is important. Um, you know, you can say what's new. At, you can go to super shows and see what's new with bits and uh, farriers and equipment and, and care and all of that stuff. Um, so it's always fun for that kind of stuff. Number two, I think it's... Um, important to always be trying to improve in areas maybe you can improve on your groundwork get your horse lunging for respect yielding their body parts front end back end head down face flex um forward backwards left right you know groundwork is so important for building trust and respect and communication of cues um the second thing is how about in the saddle the more soft and supple your horse is um they're more backed off the bit or uh, better use of their body, things like that can be really beneficial to your performance. The third thing is um, considering how broke your horse is. Did you spend one or two years on foundation before barrels with speed? Um, I always put two years into my horses before I competed on them. You know, usually three to five was basics and barrels and not adding speed till I was almost ready for competition. So, you know, there's so many things like a stiff face or a stiff body and it gets worse with speed and it's never going to um, get better with speed. So you've got to get that soft, supple horse. Nobody's going to complain that my horse is soft and light and responsive. They're going to complain when your horse is pushy and, and stiff and running off with you. So there's certainly horses that are more supple and horses that are more stiff just based on their body and, and all that. But if you're trying to soften sup supple horse, do it in an O-ring bit and some split reins or a side pull. Don't try to do it in a big heavy leverage bit because that's more, um, that's harder to get bend in a horse. That's more of a finishing bit or a competition bit. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, I think it's important to teach your horse to work on loose rein. Um, and if they can't do one rein stops and disengage their hindquarters, you know, a horse should be able to travel on a walk or a trot or a lope without running off with you. And you shouldn't have to do two hands all the time. You should be able to do one hand and loose rein. So work on that. But it's also important for a horse to be able to ride into the bridle. Sometimes I'll get a horse that's been trained for reining and they have way too much set and they're really reactive to my seat and my reins. 
So that horse, I'm going to try to free him up a little bit and teach him how to ride into the bridle more like an English horse instead of a Western reigning horse. I'm going to try to teach them that they can have a little contact on the bit, but still drive their hindquarters up into the bridle from my legs and my seat impulsion. So I do think it's great to have a horse do both, loose rein and contact, because they both serve a purpose. For instance, if I wanted to sit down for rate, loose rein, that's awesome. Um... Uh, if a horse is taught that but it's also great if I'm going to a barrel and I need to pick up my inside hand and leg and ask a horse to keep four-wheel drive but yet shape a little bit and keep moving into the turn rather than slow down when I pick up my inside hand and leg so most horses are going to slow down when you make any rein contact so people that are picking up their hands and lifting a horse before the barrel you are causing some anticipation so you need to teach your horse to be able to move forward with an inside rein. That's something that has to be taught as well. So you should never be bored in the arena. You should always find something that excites you to work on your horse. Um, the other thing to consider um, is your prospects when you're purchasing horses. Um, you know, you're never ever too old to learn, but you certainly don't want to start off with a problem. So if you're buying a prospect, whether they're a young horse or an old horse, Start with a PPE, make sure the horse, um, I get videos all the time for people in the group that are like, hey, I'm trying this horse, I want to get your opinion, and I'm happy to give my opinion if I think it's a good fit, but I am not a vet, so I would recommend you get a PPE, pre-purchase exam, and start with a sound horse, because if you start with a lame horse, number one, you're not going to be able to resell them, and number two, you're going to have a whole lot of expense, and maybe a horse that spends more time in the pasture than in the arena. So um, watch for OCDs, spurs, x-ray, the hocks, the hooves, the stifles, the knees, and look out for OCDs or spurs. You don't want to start um, with that kind of an issue. Get as much history on the horse as you can. Um, watch them in a round pen if they're not started under the saddle yet and see if they're athletic or quick or good-minded. Um, see if they're a sensitive horse, a hot one that's really goey, or if they're more of a lazy push-style horse. Um, you know, if they're a finished horse competing, maybe you can try them at a show and things like that. Um, obviously, people don't like tire kickers, so only serious buyers don't waste their time. Have the money and be sure, certain that you really like the horse. Um, those are important things to consider, too. So the fourth thing, um, the fourth thing, which I already mentioned, was a loose rein and ride in the bridle both. So those are things that I, I cannot stress enough. You should not be bored during the week with your horse. You should be doing a combination of all of this. And if you don't know how, I have videos on both. And my goal now is now that technology has kind of changed um, uh, for loading videos on YouTube, I can load longer videos. Um, I'm going to start making longer videos. Of the ones I did in the past were like only one or two minutes long. So, but they take a long time to load long videos, but... I think I'm going to start adding, you know, like one a week of a longer video of doing things um, so that people can see the whole thing and not just bits and pieces of it. I think you'll like that more. Um, the fifth thing is you need to have principles. Um, one thing I can tell you as you're getting older and you're learning um, and you're improving you will see a lot of stuff out there. Just when you're at a barrel race, you'll see a lot of stuff. And everybody has an opinion. But you have to have principles that you live by and your your um, theories. You know, and for me, um, 
you know, I'd rather spend two years on the front side making a solid horse than fix problems down the road. I also believe in, um, you know, less is more. I believe that a horse should end calmer than they, they begin. I believe that um, a bit more knowledge is more important than a bigger bit. I think that you shouldn't get hurt. They shouldn't get hurt no matter what it is that you're doing. Um, I think it should be the right thing easy, the wrong thing made a little more difficult in the sense of, you know, continue doing a, a cue or break it down more, but, but definitely reward them when they get it right. Um, so, I mean, there's certain principles and theories you should live by. Horsemanship to me is the right way. Cowboy way is the wrong way. Um, everybody has their way to do things though. So like I said, I like uh, three-year-olds doing the basics and the foundation. Then four-year-old year, I might add some drills and slow barrels. And maybe when I'm getting closer to their five-year-old year, ready to compete, I'd be adding that speed. Um, and I'm going to have me a solid horse that can last me for 15, 20 years doing that. Um, so so the, the sixth thing I want to talk about is time and dedication. You will not get better if you don't put in the time. Just any sport, if you think of kids in sports, athletes in sports, professional sports, they put in the time. They dedicate hours a day at it, not necessarily on that horse, but doing different things, maybe working out, maybe mentally visualizing, <clears throat> maybe, you know, finding better ways to get their mental game stronger. But you need to be thinking four to six days a week, at least, if you want to get better at something. Um, and that's the truth of it. So a lot of that people just don't put in the time and then they get frustrated because they're not getting better. Number seven is sound. Keeping a horse sound is a huge thing. So keep your horse fit. Um, there's a fine line between running too much and not running enough. There's a fine line between, um, having your horse skinny, fit, or fat, and you need to know what's best for your horse. Um, you know, maybe you don't need to go to uh, injections in the joint. Maybe you could do Adequan or Legends or Pentacin, you know, and, and those are more IV or, um, or in, a mus in the muscle shot. Um, or you could do oral joint supplements. Um, maybe you could swim them. Maybe you could do MagnaWave and chiropractic and Beamers and Theraplates. And there's a lot of holistic stuff. Even your own massage machine. I used to train so many horses a day, I'd be toe tired, but my horse's lactic acid would build up in their muscles and they were getting chiropractic adjustments monthly, but in between they needed those muscles softened and I couldn't afford to have a deep tissue massage person come every week. So I just, and I was too tired to do it myself. I bought the Equisager and then I also got a uh, impulsion massage machine and just plug it in and put it on their big muscles, shoulders and hips and neck and and um, their back and place that, you know, you don't have bones sticking out and just let that uh, lactic acid, you know, effleurage its way out of there. And you can even do it with your own hands and, and you know, really get to know your horse and, and softening their muscles when they get rock hard from stress. Horses can get tight muscles from being a stressed or hot horse. They can just get tight muscles from working out all the time, just like you would get tight muscles when you work out. So the eighth thing I want to talk about is when I get messages from you guys, review my video, I don't know what went wrong, blah, blah, blah. The first thing I'm going to ask you is what has changed? And, and whether it's a, a, a lesson to be learned, whether you had a good run or a bad run, I want to ask you, what did you change? 
and and you've got to know your horse and I mean know your horse just like yesterday when I brought my horses up I could tell Maggie was a little bit depressed and uh, sure enough her right front or excuse me left front foot was a little bit sore and she gets that way sometimes so I just know my horses and can tell when something's not right so you should know what their manure looks like um, how much water they drink their attitude when they're you're growing them what's normal for them you know if they're picking up their feet properly for and and easily for cleaning out their feet things like that or for the farrier those things are so important so always ask yourself what did you change did you change a bit a saddle a supplement uh, a workout routine a mental game a, a, a different arena indoors outdoors you didn't change how your timing would be your position um, the ninth thing is vaccine vaccines and and things like that like dental chiropractor farrier you got to know your horse i mean when you're on the road and you're stalling places you obviously have to have more vaccinations and health certificates crossing the borders and such state borders but you also some horses will never have a reaction to a vaccine they might need a day or two off just like you when you get a shot in your arm it gets sore and it gets stiff but moving a little bit is good for it but you know you might not be 100 percent. but some horses actually will get an abscess or um they get those little uh warts on their bodies or some horses actually tie up from vaccinations and some would just get a sore neck so you have to know your horse and if they're going to need time off after vaccines or if you should um you know just kind of be prepared for any kind of side effects all of those things. Same with your farrier, your dentist. Um, young horses might need to see the dentist every six months versus annually. Um, you, sometimes in the summer, you need to go to the farrier every five weeks instead of six weeks. Um, and then chiropractic. If you're running hard all the time, you might want to see the chiropractor once a month. And if you're running hard, you might need to see the vet twice a year <clears throat> versus once a year if you're not going quite as often. So the final thing I want to talk about is number 10, imposter syndrome. A lot of people feel like, you know, they're not worthy. They're, they're you know, uh, you feel like they're faking it till they make it. But you know what? You should never, ever feel that way. Um, you're not an imposter. If you are driven to do something, if you have passion for something, just enjoy the journey because bottom line, everybody feels that way maybe sometimes, but you shouldn't because Everybody has to start somewhere and you know more than somebody else. So you can get anybody to where you are or you have gotten yourself to where you are and you should be pleased with yourself for that. Um, you know, and you will continue to learn experience, time, riding different horses, going to more events, um, you know, putting yourself in different situations, pro rodeo, super shows, you know, slack performance, um, fraternities, derbies, you just learn as you go. Um, you learn different horses, different people, um, different combinations, what works better for this kind of horse versus that kind of horse. And, um, and of course, it, people may not feel confident when you're learning because you're getting outside of your comfort zone. You're getting outside of your box, but you shouldn't feel like an imposter. You shouldn't feel like you're faking it you're just in a lifetime education and that's what life is um you know maybe we go home when we've learned what we're supposed to learn and then we you know go to heaven I don't know I just know that um with when it comes to horses it's a lifetime 
education. So with um, Florida State coming up this week, I'm going to go ahead and close saying that success comes when preparation meets opportunity. Every single run you make with your horse is a blessing and it is an opportunity. So trust in your preparation and just enjoy the ride. So thank you for tuning in to my podcast this week. I hope you found it helpful and God bless y'all and ride with heart. Thank you.